Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Real Estate Confidant School. I'm your host, Mike Razor, here in New York City. I hope you all are having a wonderful day. Today is going to be pretty, uh, pretty warm. Uh, it's still wintertime, but it's supposed to be 50, around 50 something degrees, maybe like 54, 55. Today's uh, podcast is going to be on um, developing your skills as a real estate professional, uh, passing that exam, you know, uh, the key points, key measures, key specifics. So get a pen and paper out. This way we can get started. All right. See you soon. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. And once again, this is the Real Estate Confidant School. I am your host, mentor, teacher, Mr. Michael Razor. I like to say Mike. Uh, so first things first. When you are a newbie professional, whether it's in real estate or business in general, whether it's you're an investor or become a real, becoming a real estate agent, uh, there's certain steps, structures that you should take in order to um, become the best that you could become. Uh, first things first, some people don't even know how to begin the process. I received a phone call uh, a couple days ago uh, and the young lady didn't know how to um, begin to become a real estate agent, who to go to, uh, what she had to do. She has a nine to five and so on and so forth. Um, good thing is she's, she doesn't have a family. So she, if she needed to be in class, she could be in class, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so my suggest I suggested her to a real estate school um, that's here in the city um, that I originally started working with, um, and I was uh, allowed because I had a full time job to study from home, um, and in that I was able to uh, take as much time as I needed to study while I was at work and while I was home. Um, and go ahead and take the exam uh, to pass it. And that's my suggestion for you as well if, if you have a full-time job. Don't be afraid to ask the questions. Look up uh, real estate agencies uh, and go to them first, okay? So look up Keller Williams. Look up... Um, Nest Seekers, look up MS, look up, uh, there's so many, right? Not all are equal. That's the other thing. Not all real estate agencies are equal. Some are mom and pop agencies, some are huge corporations, uh, and excuse me, huge brokerages, and some won't even ex accept you. Remember, you still have to interview for the agency. Some companies don't care. Some companies are so big that they're like, okay, you know, bring them in, let them fill out the information and so on. But not only that, not only the sponsorship is required, you also need um, 
some places require you to pay a desk fee. So if you, you know, if you have a job, you could pay the desk fee. Great. Uh, and some some places don't require you to pay a desk fee, but they'll require you to pay 50 percent or 70 percent commission or something to that effect to offset the difference. It all depends. Now, I know from my experience, the more majority of the more uh, bigger companies, they own they don't charge you a desk fee. Uh, they just in the initial as a newbie. Uh, you have to pay them 50% commission. So it's 50-50. 50% for you being under their, their, their brokerage um, and giving you the tools that you need to succeed. Uh, and, uh, um, and then you go out and you, you do your job and so on and so forth. You bring the check back and now you get the difference. Uh, the other thing you want to keep in mind is you still have to pay your taxes on top of that. Okay, so I just needed to throw that out there before I forget. Uh, many people that I know that I've known in the industry, they don't pay their taxes. And then at the end of the year or the next year or so on, they end up getting a letter in the mail uh, saying that they owe five thousand dollars, six thousand dollars, that kind of thing. Okay. So you don't want to be put in that position. Just if you're getting, if you if you're closing deals, go to the tax preparer like every three months, or keep a good record of you know your your checks and so on and so forth, and and go ahead and make the payments uh, to the tax company. So you won't be receiving the full fifty percent uh, check. Um, so, you know, just just be clear and understand that. All right. Let's go back. Uh, so you have to first find the real estate agency that you are going to work with. That's number one. So write that down. Number one, find the best real estate agency for me. And then what you want to do, you want to um, call them up. Let them know that you're interested in being a real estate agent. Uh, let them know you need sponsorship. You need sponsorship. So in order for you to take your real estate exam, you have to be sponsored by um, by a company. You can't just go in and take the exam. OK. Um, once you do that, they ask you to come in. They want to see who you are. They want to interview you, ask you why you decided you wanted to do this, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and make sure you are professional. Make sure that you are uh, appropriately dressed. I've seen so many people come in looking raggedy. Uh, I've seen people without their hair done. I've seen people, you know, um, people, some people, you know, I'm basically unprofessional. I don't want to really get into detail, but you all understand what I mean. You know, clothes too tight fitting, you know, clothes too loose fitting. Um, so just be just be aware. OK. Um, once you go and do sponsorship, you could go ahead and, and, and ask them for suggestions on 
the real estate agents, uh, excuse me, the uh, real estate schools to go to. Unfortunately, my school is not completed yet. It hasn't completed its process, but when it does, I will definitely let you all know uh, once development is complete. Uh, But you want to let them also know if you work a full-time job, part-time job, et cetera, et cetera. Let them know that you, you know, since there's no money coming in yet, you're going to work full-time like you've been doing. Um, But as progression, uh, progress comes through, then you are going to do this full time once the checks come in. Okay. And the other thing is, and this is just a, because this is also just popped in, <clears throat> into my mind. Uh, when you receive your checks, you're not paying your bills like you would normally pay your bills. Okay. You are not paying your bills like you would normally pay your bills. Um, you would, my, and this is a suggestion. You do it how you want to. But I learned this from a mentor a long time ago. You pay your bills a year out. Obviously, that's if you have enough money to do so. But if you're working hard in this real estate industry, then Nine times out of 10, you're going to get a check for like $7,000, $10,000. And if you're doing sales, um, if you're doing sales in the city, um, then you definitely, you'll probably get a check for $25,000 at some point, $50,000 at some point. Some people get $100,000 checks at some point, uh, $200,000, $300,000, et cetera, et cetera. And you want to take that. You want to obviously give the 50% to the company, but once you get to that point, you don't, once you get to the point where you're making over a hundred thousand dollars a check, uh, you could renegotiate the contract where now you're receiving 70% and the company's receiving 30%. Okay. Uh, uh, so it'll go from 50, 50 to 70, 30. Okay. But you would pay them nonetheless, and then you would pay your taxes after that, okay? Pay your taxes after that. And then my suggestion, give to don't give to charity because you when you write the taxes off, you give to charity. You could write off the, the charity donations as well. My suggestion, <clears throat> excuse me, my suggestion would be 10%. It'll definitely offset some of the tax, uh, the taxes. It's a tax break. Uh, the other thing, is to uh, go ahead and pay off, uh, I guess, your phone bill. If you have a phone bill, pay off your phone bill for the year. Pay off your rent for the year if you can do that. Or any other bill that you have because you never know when the next check is coming in. And that's the reason why. You never know when the next check is coming in. Okay? You want to make sure you take care of that. Okay? Now going back. Once you in the interview, once you found your real estate agency, you're going to work with um, and you're comfortable with. I cannot stress this enough. Comfortability is key. That gut feeling you have inside is key. Do you feel comfortable in the environment? Is the environment ghetto? Is the environment professional? Is you understand how is the head, the lead broker? of that company handling the environment, handling the, 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 uh, agents. Okay. 
Ask those questions to yourself. Then when you find that information out, you could go ahead and um, make the next, uh, take the next step. Okay. Um, If you hear the noise in the background, excuse me. There's some folks going in and out of the doors there. Um, The next thing that you want to do is... uh, Ended up losing my train of thought. Anyway, the next thing that you want to do is uh, go to the uh, real estate school that they've chosen or that they suggested to you. Um, and explain to them what I told you earlier about, uh, asking them if you go, uh, study from home, you have a full-time job, uh, is it possible to do so? Some companies allow you to do it, some don't, okay? And if it's not within what it is that you need to get done, if, if, you know, if they say, no, you have to do this nine to five, you have to come in, then you have to take the test here at the school and then... You know, and then go and take the once you pass the test in the school, you could go ahead and take it. uh, You could go ahead and take it wherever else you need to take it. Okay, so you could do that if they if they say that, then find another uh, another agency and just let the the brokerage that you're with know that that's what you're doing. Okay. Um, but if you explain to the brokerage that you work nine to five, uh, or full-time job, and you need the flexibility of studying from home or studying at the, at the office, then I don't think that that'll be a problem. Okay. Uh, but once you do that, once you do that, they're going to give you a booklet. Uh, it's a really thick booklet and you have to study that booklet. Okay. Um, nobody's going to teach you how to study the booklet, but you got to study the booklet. Okay. In detail, there's various sections on real estate in that booklet pertaining to the state exam to get your real estate license. Okay. Um, I've seen people cut corners. I've seen people, uh, not get their real estate license and work directly under, uh, their family member or something like that as an assistant, uh, and granted you could be hired as an assistant that you can do, uh, to kind of show people different, uh, you know, different units and so on and so forth as an assistant. But at that point, you're not actually a real estate, you know, representative. And it's, it's cutting really close with the line of what's legal and illegal when it comes to real estate when it comes to showing, you know, properties, cause you know, but, but, you know, I, I, I digress people as an assistant, you know, to a real estate agent, you could have somebody show the property. I don't think there's a, there's a law against someone doing that, but you're definitely stepping on toes. You know, when you have people who have studied, uh, to get their license, you know, to show properties and to, you know, to show their professionalism. Now, what if that assistant, for example, went, showed the property, but didn't know everything about the real estate law. They did not take the exam. They did not study. They don't know enough. 
right? And then they just think, oh, I'm all I'm doing is going and showing somebody a property. But then these people start asking questions. What's the square footage? What's the tax rate? What's, you know, what's behind these walls? Uh, what's the history of the property? Um, what's the, you know, has there, ha- has there been any new state requirements for, uh, for this particular lot and block neighborhood? Um, when was the last five properties sold it within this neighborhood? I mean, like, you know, and I, and I'm only getting into small steps, but is there an easement on the property? Is there an encroachment on the property? Is there, you know, various things that the assistant will not know because they haven't taken the exam or studied enough. Okay. I'm not saying that it's wrong to have an assistant to do, you know, to help you save time. That way, if the deal closes, great. You know, the, the broker gets the check, the name goes into broker's name and then, you know, you give <clears throat> the assistant an hourly wage or what have you for them doing that, you know, legally. Right. So um, just be mindful. I'm going off tangent. Once you get going back, once you get out of the school, once you get the paperwork, study each section. There's different sections to the exam. There's different sections in the booklet. Study the sections. Once you study the sections, uh, you could go ahead to the state website and uh, sign up for the exam. Okay. Go take the exam. Okay. Take the exam. Um, You'll get the results online. Um, I forgot. I forget how long it's going to take. Maybe a day or so. Uh, but go online, it'll, ch- you check it, uh, it'll tell you whether you passed or failed. Okay. It won't give you a score or anything like that. It'll just tell you if you passed or failed. If you failed it, go back, uh, explain that to your brokerage. Say I failed it. You know, a lot of people do, uh, go back and study some more. It'll tell you the sections that the percentage rate of what you passed or what you failed in the sections, go back to the sections that you didn't do too well in. That just means your brain didn't absorb that section as well. Uh, Go back and study. Uh, And then in the next week or two weeks, when you feel comfortable, uh, uh, sign up to take the exam again online. Take the second, take your second time, pass it, uh, and now you can start the process of selling, renting, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Now in this, once you hit this section where you've passed the exam and, and, and look, I'm going to tell you this, you may not pass it the first time. You may not pass it the second time or the third time, but just keep going. If you really want this, keep going. You'll pass it. And then we'll move on to you renting and selling. Some people, once they've passed it, they focus on renters. They focus, some people only focus on sales. Now, it depends on the state that you live in or the country that you live in will determine what it, what the focal point is. Because in a big city, there are a lot of uh, rentals. There are a lot of places where you could rent. Okay. Uh, So you could use the rentals as a side hustle. 
you know, look, cause you'll, you'll close rentals way quicker than you will close a sale. You got to figure out whether you want to be a sales agent, excuse me, a seller's agent or a buyer's agent as well. And then you begin to market yourself as that, right? So some companies, when you first start in the, in, in, in the business, some companies, uh, allow you to, um, what's the word they will, they will give you, uh, uh, advertisements. They will give you advertisements in their system, two, three, 400 advertisements that help push you faster to get to that next phase of, of getting clientele. Okay. You have to update those advertisements based off of what's happening at that time for that particular property. Okay. And then you push them out, uh, which the system that you use is based on the company that you work with. Some people have created their own systems, uh, of marketing and other people have, have purchased systems from, from, from companies. Okay. Either way you'll do that. You'll update your ads. It may take you about two or three months to really start getting phone calls or emails, et cetera, et cetera. But you'd use the structure that the company has and fit it to how it is that you feel will work best for you. They're going to give you a, a script. Any good company will give you a script, give you a spiel, give you a, a document that shows you the keywords to use in marketing, et cetera. Also use Craigslist and uh, uh, Truya, Zillow, um, you know, and, and various other other avenues of marketing in that in the industry. Okay, this gives you the opportunity of leverage. Uh, also, um, and this is a key point: you gotta continuously update your advertisements. And what that means is you want your advertisements to be at the top of the list when people search for it in that particular neighborhood. So every day, and this is my suggestion, every day you want to hit that update button, update button, update button. That way, when you hit it, it goes right to the top of the list again. You'll understand what I mean when you're actually doing it. You're going to say, aha, I see what he means. Okay. Uh, this is all a structure. And then you want to also find a group of people who are doing very well and begin working with them as well in the, in the company. So if you see someone, for example, who a make, who is making uh, million dollar deals and that's what it is that you want to do, then you ask at, you know, you offer your help to work with them, see what it is uh, that they need. Um, get the leverage, learn from the person. Okay. Learn from the head broker or one of the brokers in the uh, associate brokers in the company and work with their team. Don't be afraid now. And some of you live with mommy and daddy, have the ability to work this thing full time. Now, if you do, you could work directly with that person as, um, you know, an agent and <clears throat> instead of them going to. Uh, look at the properties or sell the properties. You as an, a real estate agent professional can go and do that. You understand what I'm saying? And in you doing that, 
It gives you the knowledge that you need in order for you to grow in the industry. You understand what I'm saying? I'm excited for you. I am excited for you. So, when you do that, it's going to push you to that next level. Always get a mentor anyway uh, for the industry that you're trying to work with. And that's why you have me, the real estate confidant, and your mentor and guide. Anyway, so once you start doing that, you're starting to receive uh, emails, you're starting to receive phone calls, make sure you answer. Make sure you answer those emails right away. Make sure you answer those phone calls right away. I'm talking about you're checking every second just about boop, 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 boop. And hey, boom. Oh, you found something. Uh, email them. Email them back. Um, you know, email them back. Uh, call them back. Good afternoon. Some people are, you know, are uncomfortable with talking on the phone, so they'll email Good afternoon. Uh, how may I help you today? Or, you know, this is so-and-so. Are you looking for? And then if some some people are just testing the water uh, to see if, you know, if if you will respond. Some people just want, are interested in the property and are willing to, uh, you know, send an email just to see if you're going to going to respond back. But <clears throat> respond back to them. If they don't answer, move on. Don't feel any kind of way about it. Just move on, ladies and gentlemen. Just move on. Okay? To the next. On to the next one. Right? Once you start getting your clientele, it's like a snowball effect. A snowball effect. And I'm talking about, and don't believe me if you if you don't want to, but you start, once you find the buildings that are renting out quick, that are selling out quick, you stick with those, right? You start to see, oh, these people are running. This is the right price point. This is the right neighborhood. All right, cool. And it becomes a repetition because everybody is is renting um, just about the same units or, or the same types of units because what this is the next point. What you're going to do is you are going to focus on specific size units. If you're going to deal in studios, deal in studios, deal with one bedrooms, deal with one bedrooms, two, two bedrooms, condos, co-ops, et cetera, et cetera, condops. It all depends, right? But when you find the niche that you're focused on, you will begin to see that the questions are the same that they ask, the taxes are the same that they ask, the sale is similar, the square footage is the same, or a little bit bigger. You know, you, it, basically you've perfected the rental, um, the rental uh, 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 pitch. Okay. So this is this is only the beginning of the process, okay? Only the beginning of the process. Once you begin that flow, you're in the flow state. Do not stop, because if you stop, it's going to slow down, and then you're gonna be back to square one again, and we don't want that to happen. 
Okay? When you get your first check, that $7,000 check, I'm telling you, give the 50% to the brokerage. Pay the taxes on the difference. Okay? Now, mind you, when you get that, when you get that check, it's not going to be in your name anyway. And I need to make that clear unless you own the brokerage. But and even then, it's still going to be under the name of the brokerage. But you're going to give that to them and then they'll they'll give you a separate check with your name on it. uh, And then you go ahead and pay the taxes on it. Okay, So. Once you had a few properties under your belt, uh, you could move on to uh, building yourself up in the sales department. Once you got rentals under your belt, if you're just focusing on sales, like I said, get a mentor that you could work with. Okay. Um, And once you get the mentor, you focused on sales. If you like sales, great. If you like rentals, great. But this is a fast-paced environment, so you need to move fast, okay? Um, And then the next step is going to be for you, if you're trying to make this a profession, uh, a real profession, the next thing is for you to focus on getting your brokerage license uh, two years in the business, plus you have to get... um, you have to have your broker to the, the lead broker to sign off um, that you've closed so many deals and so on and so forth. But that's later on down the line. OK, um, this way, when you when you receive your brokerage license, you could go ahead and either be an associate broker under uh, the lead broker who own, <clears throat> who owns the, the real estate uh, agency or you could open your own brokerage firm. This will give you the option to open your own brokerage firm in any city and have agents under you bringing you checks and moving forward, okay? And I know that sounds good to some of you all, right? Or if you wanna do it the investor way, there's also ways where you could just buy brokerages, you know, uh, brokerage companies, um, but that's a that's a whole nother avenue. The point is, is that you're going to have options in having your options. Know what it is that you need to do. Get the blueprint. This is the blueprint. Start the process strong. OK. And trust me, if you keep doing if you do it the way that I told you to do it, you'll be OK. You'll be good to go. All right. Anyway, this is going to be the show for the day. I'm your host, Mike Razor, on The Real Estate Confidant at The Real Estate Confidant School, and I'll be talking to you. Have a good day.